0: Um, So you're buying the Niners? You're buying them for the year? Oh, playoff team. I bought
1: them, I think, after two or three weeks, and I think, yes, I, I am. You know how all week long you see all the hot takes and headlines about the Niners being for real and their legit Niners statement? But see, if you keep up here, we put that type of work out there a week in advance because it's not about your opinion after the fact. No, no, no. That doesn't get you anything. And by here, of course, I mean Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. We are going to start, as always, with a quick segment on college football dfs little recap mini preview of my posts on fakepigskin.com i do a weekly day and night slate post be sure to check that out and all the other content on that platform uh something for everyone and then we move to the weekly picks segment where there's gonna be maybe a little cleanup on Isle doctor um we'll get to it it should be entertaining to say the very least we have a lot to get to it is a i believe a 15 or 16 game board between college and pro so let's do it Seven weeks into the college football season we are. And let's talk about a little recap from last week's post. Uh, So the targets, I think, for the daytime, Deion Jackson worked well, did what he needed to do, got two touchdowns. Uh, He, I think, had a very high ownership percentage, so he may have not uh, separated you well. But I think where that came in a little bit better was... Uh, the big hit with Purdue in their offense, and in particular, David Bell uh, breaking out with a big game. I think the final line was eight, 138 and two. Uh, they will be an offense that should be interesting moving forward in a kind of a mediocre Big Ten schedule. And uh, their backup, Jack Plummer, see if maybe we can get some value from him. Uh, so that was probably the brightest spot of the day uh, after that, the other one was... Uh, th- this was the one that just killed me. So the Johnny Lang thing absolutely uh, ruined any chance of a good, like very good. I, I, the days late was okay for me. I cashed in most of my last. But what really held me back was the Johnny Lang uh, pick. He essentially, I believe, started the game and had the first three or four carries. And then it was just exclusive Brees Hall, uh, their highly recruited freshman who had a monster line, I think 30 some carries, 100 and maybe 20 or 30 yards, and I forget if it was two or three worth. Anyway, it was just, uh, it was a bit devastating to see that take place, uh, whether I was watching it on my phone or uh, flipping to that game, I was just like, really, really? But I think that's um, a bigger thing I'm gonna get to in a minute, a theme I'm gonna get to in a minute. I also wanna just jump on the kind of uh, affordable, reliable stacks, where I think, really came into play nicely with Michigan. Uh, Patterson had, I think, three scores in that game. One to not Nico Collins because he sat out, but uh, if you were paying attention, you probably swapped in Donovan's Peoples-Jones, who got the score there from Patterson on double up. Charbonnet had a nice day against uh, that bad Illinois defense. And the other one that I think probably made the biggest difference in the slate, say, if you paired them with uh Oklahoma was Arizona State very affordable nice stack uh, especially with the quarterback Jaden Daniels uh they came away with I think 38 points total in that game um everyone outperformed their price fairly substantially uh Eno Benjamin had a nice game and uh Brendan Auk uh had a huge day for you so I think if you focused in on that uh stack especially you had a good chance of freeing up some cash, and uh, probably getting in the uh, cash line for your contest. So uh, that was pretty good for the day. I was I was okay. The nighttime, not so great. Let's see what did I do here for the night. Oh yeah, so. The Shannon Brooks thing was okay. Uh, they, I think the idea was right going against the Nebraska run defense, uh, which is putrid. I think they ran overall for, I think, maybe around 300 yards. I don't have it right in front of me. But um, Ibrahim came back from injury, and that was very unexpected to see him involved as heavily as he was. He ended up getting, I think, two scores that I would have hoped gone towards uh, Shannon Brooks. Uh, he came with 99 yards rushing. Um So it wasn't a total bust, but just not working the way I would have hoped it to. The other guy was Wandale Robinson in that game for Nebraska, who I thought had a very safe uh, floor and just had such a high involvement in the run and the pass game that was really a a can't miss to a degree. And they're just terrible. That's just a terrible offense. Um, They're not good. And I I couldn't believe how really not good they were. So uh, again, didn't work out that great there for the night. but I, I think overall, if you if you stuck with LSU and that uh, Louisville Wake Forest game, which I talked about in um, kind of my overall approach, I think that was the the play, especially the Wake Forest Louisville game ended up uh, getting tons of points and uh, all kinds of uh, good value there from Tutu Atwell, uh, Seth Dawkins, and uh, Javian. Um, Sorry, Javion Hawkins as well. So um, the other, just one last bigger approach thing, I think that we need to look for as we get kind of into the meat and potatoes of the college football season. Because remember, the first four or five weeks almost is somewhat of a farce. Three of those games usually are cupcakes. You know, coaches are playing guys in certain spots they normally may not when they really need to rely on people. So um, as we get into the thick of things and we're getting into tighter games, stiffer competition week to week, you're going to start to see, I think, roles for all different kinds of players set in more rigidly. So for example, last week, I think that was a clear changing of the guard with Iowa State where they want to get this kid, Brees Hall, their highly recruited freshman running back, they want him to be the guy, have him the ball. We'll see if it continues week to week. I, I, don't, I don't see why I want it for the most part, but I think that's just an example where um, we're now getting into the, the heart of the schedule where things should firm up from a uh, player role perspective. So something to look out for and watch uh, in the coming weeks. Look for my posts on Fake Pigskin every week for the day and the night. That's what I want to talk about. Let's jump to the picks. We are here. I have, uh, as always, I am joined by the doctor for our picks
0: segment. Um, doctor, how are you? I'm doing alright, Bob. come uh, kind off a tough week last week, which I'm sure we'll dive into in a little bit. Uh, other than that, I'm doing okay. Uh, a little disappointed in the in the college slate this weekend. Uh, not a lot going on there.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely get to your week in the NFL last week. But first, as always, we do start with a little bit of college. And you're correct, Uh, the board is there's not really any games outside of our teams uh, that I consider to be worthy to discuss. So we always talk about Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, USC, because we have some loose affiliation with all those schools. Um, So. Only two of those teams are in action Saturday, and then I'm not going to pretend to really care about Washington, Oregon, like it matters to the national landscape. So um, the first thing we're going to do, though, because we are uh, Spartan faithful, is we're just going to – I'd like to just kind of give our state of the union for Michigan State. Last week we talked about their game going into Wisconsin as kind of a – I I don't know, a pivotal – Moment to, to some degree and um, for D'Antonio and I guess now knowing that result why don't you give your thoughts on kind of where we're at here we, we, and by the way we, we had the opportunity to talk about this a lot Saturday night we took in the Irish game at night together with some libations it was fantastic um, but uh, I think let's just lay it out here now what the discussion was like
0: yeah I'm I'm usually pretty late to the game on time for coaches to to be fired or, or stepped away or step away. I, I think Michigan State is at is at that point where um, it, it's probably right for D'Antonio to, to step away. And as we talked about it, it's it's not about losing those games, but you just can't be uh, non-competitive and look as bad as Michigan State has against you know, elite teams, and it's not just this year as we talked about. It goes back the past couple years where that offense just just can't compete, and you're relying on on way too much defense. And then the way football is played today, they just they, they can't keep up. They can't get stops all the time, and so I, I think it's going to be time at the end of the year for for him to to step away, unless. Um, Unless there's oh, some commitment, unless there's some commitment to, we talked about Coach O, right? Yes. and What he's done at LSU, uh, and he was on game day last Saturday morning. You know, pretty much, and you had not seen that segment, but pretty much laid out what you laid out on uh, on Saturday night, and you didn't even see the segment it was all about. Hey, I saw the landscape changing. We had a great defense, but defense wasn't going to win championships anywhere and he had to come up with a way to score points. And so he went out, he got his guy, and you see the results immediately this year. So unless Antonio was committed to doing something like that, I, I don't see how you can keep going forward with this this type of football and, and expect to get different results. It's been that way for the past couple of years. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. I, I don't like to say that. He's done, he's done a great job. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of where the program's at right now. It needs a major change, and whether it's him committing to that or him committing to leaving, uh, one of those two things need to happen.
1: Yeah, so I was uh, probably on board with that going into last week. As you know, I wasn't very uh, – didn't have a lot of faith heading into last week. And then what happened happened, and in that I, – I don't think I even expected that to happen, where it was non-competitive in the second quarter. And now this is getting into the territory. What I like to think of as uh, the last Indiana Jones movie that they made, where they're basically now. Now you're insulting my my memories. It's like you're 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 taking a crap on my childhood. Now I'm looking at Dantonio and going, I don't want to see this version of you. I, I don't want to see this where you're. You know, yelling at reporters and you know talking about dumbass questions, and you just look like this old, senile, delusional dude. And I, I like this guy. This is our greatest coach I ever. Love yeah. I love the guy. I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. So I it, now it's gotten to the point where like I'm, I'm like, hey, I, I, I don't, I like you. Don't do this to me. You're ruining, you're ruining all the good times. Don't do it anymore. And so I. I need it to stop. And and I, I mean, I think we're obviously now we're in complete agreement that I, I think it needs to change either way. But because um, he's just he look, he's the most stubborn SOB there is. That's what made him great. So why would he kind of go away from it? I understand it. But it's just it's one of those things where uh, it, it's just it feels like it's time. And the end usually is not anything pretty with any of these situations. So it, it is what it is. But um, yeah, saw- the
0: other thing. Well, I'll, I'll add one more thing. It's it, even the just the body language of the team. It's hard to have good body language. You're getting just routed. But I just I don't recall seeing that type of kind of attitude from from the team. Or there's just it doesn't feel like there's much there. And you know, examples would be you know, defense trying to strip the ball instead of just you know the tackling that that they you know they practice because they they're at the point where. They don't make a, a play on defense, stripping the ball or you know, getting a pick or something. They have to take chances, and it's just they're not good chances to be taking. And then they don't get it. And they're like, well, okay, I tried. You know, there's nothing we can do. We don't have an offense. And the, and the other example would be like working on you know, third and 16. I think he ran the ball for six yards. Dude, throw throw a 500 ball down the field. Right? you got to do something. Right. I mean, on fourth and twelve, maybe it was. He, I think he threw a two yard pass to the to the fullback. I mean, he's just not seen the field. It's Cody so was it's wide just, open
1: down the
0: it's that it's that attitude that's probably you know the result. Of course, is disappointing but also that that attitude and that lack of, kind of intestinal fortitude to come out is is what's really gotten my attention um, in these past couple weeks.
1: Yeah, and and just um, responding to that a little bit, I think. A few weeks ago when michigan played there and got blown out um you know i i in that again that game in the second quarter was over and i did make the comparison between the two coaches because i I thought at that point i thought these these players they just don't care they don't they look dejected completely uh in that game and i I did make the comparison i said how many games even no matter what's been going on in the d'antonio era how many games do you really recall at the top of your head? Where in the second quarter you kind of looked at each other and goes, "This is over." It's just he. No matter what was going on, he had a group of kids that would fight like hell, and that was not the case that that game. Uh, so yeah, it, it looks rough. Uh, so it's unfortunate, but they're off this week. Thank God. Hey, we'll be there.
0: We'll be there in two weeks for Penn State, and we'll be we'll be uh, we'll be there watching and hey, well, we're still going to root for them to turn around and hopefully he finds a way to uh, salvage the season and then make a huge offensive and change the offseason. He makes a bunch more memories going forward. Yeah, we'll absolutely. <laughs> Co- complete delusion. All right, anyway. I know.
1: <laughs> Speaking of delusion, <laughs> let's get to uh, the, the Big Ten prime time game of the week. I think this is four in a row for ABC. They must be loving this. Um, we have the U of M Wolverines.
0: Traveling to College Station, to take on the Penn State. Yeah. It's not College Station, it's Happy Valley, but okay. Oh, wait, College Station is Texas AM, right? Yeah. Yeah. yes, okay, whatever. <laughs> same thing, same thing.
1: We'll uh, on. cut to that. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> Penn State minus uh, a, a sturdy nine points. Um,
0: why don't you go ahead? yeah so the last four meetings uh these teams have all been um separated by double digits it was uh michigan won by 12 in 2015 and that was as close as gotten michigan won by 39 in 2016 penn state won by 29 in 2017 and the wolves of course rocked them last year by 35. so uh these games have just been absolute blowouts the past few years um I see no reason why this one will be any different in favor of Penn State. Whiteout, Beaver Stadium, place is going to be rocking. I don't see how Michigan keeps up, especially if they get down early, like I expect them to do. Uh, That offense is is not capable of, of doing anything against quality teams um as they've proven um again with them it's similar to michigan state over the past couple years they just they, they can't do it so uh i'm i'm all over the nittany lions um minus the nine the offense averaging of 42 points per game chunks of yards 275 in the passing game 190 per game in the rushing uh, rushing game I, I just see uh them having too much success even against the don brown defense so i uh, hope oh nittany's they're going to get out early and you can tell there's some blood here between these two teams where they don't hold back on the scores. so penn state's going to get up and they're going to keep running it up on them uh and that, that's what i see happen this week okay um i always want
1: you to remember the names uh gross matos and shaka Tony. it is the defensive end duo for penn state who is i think has five and a five and a half sacks a and second only as a team to Ohio State and sacks in the country. So, um, and I think that's where this game kind of begins and ends with a drastic mismatch with a dominant, what has been a dominant defensive line where it rotates maybe six, seven guys in there against a fairly average to below average U of M front on the offensive line and running game. And look, if I thought if I thought U of M was well-coached, I think what they should do is come out in this game and take a lot of shots early on to loosen this thing up so they can have some room for Shea and not put so much pressure on him. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do what they always do, which is try to keep him in you know third and manageable and play right into the hands of this Penn State defense, which is they're going to take away a run and put you in tough positions, and I don't like Shea in those positions on, like you said, in a place that's hopping at night, whiteout Penn State. So um, I'm laying the nine as well, and I, I think you recalled, you may recall the last time they played this game in Penn State. There was a infamous fourth and 11 call, I believe, for Michigan. Was it? Do, are you familiar? The, it was I formed. I form. Oh yeah. Play, play action. That's fantastic, Bob. That's right. We were, I think we were watching it together. We, we were together. Time. Yeah, and
0: we just started dying laughing.
1: It was it was like fourth and eleven on the forty yard line, and they lined up in the eye and went play action, and so I, I, that's it's it's just another another uh, you know hit in the Harbaugh coaching era. So, um, yeah, there we go. I I expect a little bit more of that. So Penn State minus nine is the pick. Let's go to um, a game I didn't really want to talk about, but it's here because we talk about USC every week. They are laying nine and a half at home on Friday night in the Coliseum to Kevin Sumlin and the Arizona Wildcats where Rich Rod is the offensive coordinator He's making an appearance in the picks. So I'm excited about that. Uh,
0: where are you at here? Wait, you're serious? I, I didn't know Rich Rod was the OC out there.
1: Oh, well, did you know he's the offensive coordinator and he has Arizona's offense ranked ninth in the country at over 500 oh. yards
0: per game? Uh, I, I did know that they, they, their offense has some good stats. I, I'm aware of those stats. stats. I mean, I was I was not aware it was it was Rich Rod. But hey, you didn't recognize this game. This is a big game. These these two teams are atop the uh, <laughs> atop the Pac-12 South. There are actually four teams that are two and one, but these are two of them. So there's sure. some there's some implications here. Um, Big game. So let, let's 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 clear the air on the Arizona offense. They they played nobody, uh, and the one team they did play against um, that was it was good uh, reasonably good is Washington, and they struggled terribly. So their offense stinks. I think USC. Uh, his defense has been has been pretty good this year. Uh, I was somewhat impressed with the way they they played Notre Dame last week. So I, I think they'll get enough stops, uh, and then you go compare the USC offense and the Arizona defense. The Arizona defense um, is 74th in pass efficiency, and they don't really have a pass rush. They only have five sacks this year. So I think um, – slovis is going to be back in action he played last week but he's going to be back full strength have a game under his belt and i think it's just going to be a field day for usc in the air uh and then they've also going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively too as they've they've proven so far so uh going with going with the trojans here minus uh nine and a half in this big pac 12 south conference battle
1: it's huge just just Huge. huge uh enormous enormous and uh look i i'm in agreement uh USC is going to score. Arizona is not stopping anybody. So USC is going to put up their points the, where I kind of come out is this feels like a little bit of my uh, Kansas city chiefs theory where, um, USC has four defensive starters that are possibly, uh, highly questionable. If not going to be ruled out, one is already ruled out in the secondary. Uh, three of those people are in the secondary total. And, um, yeah, I just think Arizona does enough um, scoring-wise to keep up and cover nine points. And I just want to let you know that the last time Zona won at USC was 10 years ago. And none other than Michigan State transfer, big dick Nick Foles was the quarterback. Um, yeah. and that, that was the last time they actually won at USC. And I think in this entire rivalry I was looking this up today I think they've won like two or three times in the last 20 years so I was like oh my god (laughs) so uh and and I sorry I said rivalry sorry matchup Uh, it's not a rivalry so um yeah USC pretty much owns these guys but I think Arizona will do enough to at least cover the nine and a half points from a injury depleted defense for USC so that will take us to the big boy slate NFL week seven and let's just get the records for us here now i myself in the power five last week i was three and two to bring myself to 16 and 14 on the year the first time winning record that's four straight weeks with a winning winning record and 13 7 clip and if you like percentages that and even 65 percent so if that's something you're interested in uh no big deal there overall i am uh 41 and 45 after an eight and five week last week so still trying to get back to the 500 mark there and then now we move really to the real story which uh was the the doctor's performance and a nice week in week six you know it was a nice rebound and then it seemed like it was somewhat of a you and dan Antonio were on similar trajectories last week where uh an 0 and five and the power five brought you to 11 and 19 in the power five of the season overall uh two and 11 and now we are tied you've come down to my level overall at 41 and 45 on the season uh, what would you like to say for yourself
0: well, Bob, um, you know, times like this, I like to you know reflect on, on my past. Um, one of my favorite movies of all times is uh, is White Men Can't Jump. And there's a, a scene in that in that movie you're probably very familiar with. This, you recall it, where, where Gloria, the uh, girlfriend of the great Billy <laughs> Hoyle, says to him, "Sometimes when you win, you really lose, and sometimes when you lose, you really win." And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. Winning or losing is all one organic mechanism from which one extracts what one needs. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I wasn't going to break and try <laughs> to do her accent, but I'm just going to leave it at that for, for you and the listeners to, to ponder over. That That's how I'm feeling about, about last week. Well, uh, you know,
1: that's... Um, an interesting response. Uh, I think, I think uh, we're going to move on and set the stage here for week seven. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there was discussion, a little bit of discussion of, you know, maybe changing the title for a week to maybe the resident, maybe, uh, maybe the physician's assistant. I don't know.
0: That's 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 uncalled for. I mean, just, you need to, you need to think about that quote and then, you know, dig deep in yourself and figure out what it means for you um, as an individual as, I, right. as I've done for myself. So you're just
1: in other words you're just speaking your truth. Is that correct? Y- yeah. Of <laughs> yeah, It's your truth. All right. Enough um, abomination for you last week. <laughs> big week. Big week coming up for you. Uh, look uh, set the stage here. Week 7 NFL. Again last week the dogs go 9 and 5. The road teams go eight and six. So this means, based on the lines that we set on Thursday, okay, if you simply just bet on straight dogs or road teams for Sunday and Monday, you would be fifty-six and thirty-six on the wow. year. And I think that's it comes out to about a sixty one percent clip.
0: So um it, it continues. Bob, have you, uh, I haven't done the research yet. Have you seen anything that, I mean, it's getting to the point where that's just a crazy number that, uh, have you seen anything that anybody's reflected back like past years of when something similar like this has occurred? I haven't (sighs) seen it yet. Uh, I know,
1: I haven't looked at it closely enough this specific season. I know two years ago, there was a similar trend uh, uh, where it jumped out really big, big in favor of um, underdogs. And I do, th- I do think it swung back. Um, but this is the first year I've tracked it this closely, personally. So uh, I will do some research. But, yeah, it, it is a crazy thing, I think, just to see uh, six weeks in that disparity. And then, again, home favorites, three and six again last week to bring it to 20 and 42 on the year, which is – that's a crazy yes. stat. <laughs> yeah. That's a crazy... I mean, just home favorites, 20 and 42. That's crazy. Uh, and then uh, home dogs, there was five of them. They were 3 and 2 last week. they were 13 and 16 on the year. And uh, the large favorites, which uh, we consider to be seven or greater, uh, they were 1 and 3 last week, 10 and 14 on the year. And the outright losses, the Cowboys and Chargers got added to the Island of Misfit Toys last week. They were the two teams that... Uh, blew it, and that now brings it to six total on the year for the teaser busters. So um, this week we have eight home favorites, six home dogs, and three of those uh, larger favorites of seven or greater. And we're picking thirteen of those games because we exclude T and F. And on a related note to kind of what we talked about to set the stage here. We're going to start with the Rams at Atlanta. The Rams are minus three. And I want to open this up with a question because I think it's uh, notable to what we've been talking about. So my question is for you, Doctor. What has plummeted further over the past week? Is it Sean McVeigh's reputation as an offensive guru, Donald J. Trump's odds... <laughs> To be the incumbent president for the 2020 election, or your doctoral certification as an NFL handicapper? Oh, well,
0: it's certainly not the last one. I think, I think we know that. <clears throat> um, and, and don't be a tough guy. Don't be a fool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> asking that stuff, trying to try to be tough. Be a fool. Come on, do better. Okay. Um, I mean. It, it's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be DJ too. <laughs> <laughs> <It's gotta be. laughs> I don't know if you saw. Not to go too political, and I don't, I don't really care about this one. But if you put it in the in the scheme of things, it's it's just hilarious. The G seven summit in twenty twenty is going to be at his golf course in Florida. <laughs> oh no! He announced that today.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I mean it's such an ego play it's just it's
0: just hilarious it's funny Uh,
1: yeah no and and again like we I don't we're not trying to be like we don't we don't don't care but what I did when I was formulating this question because it did make me chuckle I also thought that wait a second so let's say for example he does get impeached and removed from office okay let's just let's just imagine that happens I thought Does that actually stop him from running for president again? And I I I had and I had this little morbid curiosity and I thought, is there a rule? And so I Googled it and sure enough, it would not stop him. And hey, I don't know about you, Doctor, but if I know someone who really gives zero fucks, who would
0: who would actually do that i think i know who it is so. yeah he, he we we both know who it is uh, <laughs> i think i think the, 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 the i don't think they can impeach him in time with what would need to happen so we'll, we won't get to see that but that would be funny if it played out he'd probably go right to the ticket
1: as an independent the, no there was some like there was some like very loose timeline i go, so i googled this there was some very loose timeline that said it's possible he could get impeached like two months prior and then like be on the like be on a ticket and run like, I was like <laughs> this is just absolutely too good just, too it, good right it's it's ridiculous anyway all right so anyway yeah. we're talking about lambs the the rams minus three oh, Adam, lambs. Uh, yeah, yeah lambs lambs uh, yeah, they are now yeah well yeah so um
0: why don't you go ahead here well, yeah. yeah i mean so both these teams just they're fucking lost. I mean, they're, just, they're, out, they're, they're both out in orbit. It is, it is ridiculous. Uh, every week, I think we try and hype up Atlanta in our head and like, okay, they're going to turn around. They're, they're, they're gone. And then I don't think we'd ever see the Rams look the way they have over the past few weeks. It's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Um, but we do have to have to make a pick. So um, I haven't seen if, if Jalen Ramsey is going to play or not. I've, the last report I saw was he's likely to play, but I haven't heard it confirmed yet. Um, I'm going to go on the assumption he's in, and I think that's going to bring a little incite- excitement back into this defense and the team that's going to get the Rams going in, in some positive direction. Um, and then also, I mean, Atlanta is, is so bad. They are, um, you know, ranked right, 27th worst in, in opponents' yards per play. Uh, only the Dolphins have surrendered more points than the yeah. Falcons. Yeah, a Mariota-led Tennessee Titans team put up 24 on these guys. Uh, I I, just, I see no narrative for, for Atlanta. I at least see some narrative for the Rams, and so I'm going Rams minus three. Yeah. So the uh, the little cute little
1: stat I track of um, <laughs> touchdown drives of 50 yards or greater for and against. Um, Atlanta leads the league and against. Of 18, that's two more than Miami and the Giants, and one more than Washington. That that's incredible. Uh, so um, it, it, it's bad, and uh, I I agree. Um, there isn't a big case for Atlanta. I think the, I think maybe the only case is just this is kind of Dan Quinn's last stand. It feels like, and maybe they come out for him. I I, I don't really see that likelihood, but. I took a peek at the schedule and the Rams did it three and three and they have a nice little three game set of Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Pitt the next three weeks. So they could easily get to six and three. Um, And I think Gurley took essentially a couple weeks off here and maybe it helps him be a little bit more effective. Uh, Long term prognosis. I do not like this Rams team. I think they're in a way, I think this, I very, very bizarre. I think this whole window is shutting rapidly before our eyes. Um, You've been pretty consistent about that. You, you were out I, front of this a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I really do. I think this girly thing, I think Gurley, this is built on the house of Gurley and he's done and I think they might be done. So um, golf does not look good, period. So uh, I, I think for this week, I'm going to go with Rams just because I, I think Atlanta's that bad. Um, and they, I think I like the urgency that they showed by making these trades this week. They made three trades within I think like four hours of each other. So I think they know that it's it's desperation time. So um, I'm going to go Rams minus three. Don't feel great about it, but we are making the pick. So let's move on to uh, the return of Fitz Magic to Buffalo. We have Buffalo Land. In a uh, big 17 points to the Miami Dolphins, and um,
0: why don't you go here? Yeah. This is the first time since 1992 that Buffalo has been favored by 17 points. In 1992, they played the Jets in Buffalo, and they actually got beat straight up. The Jets beat them 24-17. So, not, not a good experience from 1992, but then again, they, they weren't playing the Dolphins of, of this year, um, who are horrific. So, um, Buffalo's 4-1 and one against the spread so far this year. Miami is 1-4 against the spread, and I don't even really think that should count because they, they played Washington, which doesn't, doesn't count either in this league anymore. Um, shockingly, Bob, 62% of the public bets, bettors are on Miami right now. Uh, so that makes me feel even better. I'm going to go uh, Buffalo minus 17. Um, I, I think I know where you're going to go on this one. But um, you know Miami can't score. They're only averaging eight points a game. There's, Buffalo's going to put up at least 30 of them. So I'm going Buffalo minus 17.
1: Okay, well, I would like to let you know that uh, Josh Allen has had a passer rate of greater than 100 three times in his career. Now, the first time was... Last season, when they were 17 point underdogs to the Vikings. Remember that shocking ro- uh, win last year when they won at Minnesota early on? Now, just a few weeks ago, he did it again with a 100 yard passer rating and a win over the Giants. And the one in between was a third time. It was just about 10 months ago in their season finale. Last season in December, he accounted for five touchdowns against none other than the Miami Dolphins in a forty-two to seventeen beatdown. And uh I think they do it again here. I am I'm gonna lay the seventeen. And to me what I like about uh the Bills is defensively they're kinda like the bizarro Chiefs to me in a way. You know, I've talked a lot about I don't like the Chiefs to cover big numbers because I don't think they can stop anybody and, and you know even if they're up by 20 points they're just you know they're they're going to give up a lot of yardage and junk touchdowns and all this stuff well the buffalo is different they have the defense that almost gets better and scarier as they're ahead because they can just pin their ears back and put pressure on you so i like this team laying the 17 points i am i am not going to my miami dolphins uh as i, as I usually do wow. no i i uh Going Buffalo minus 17, and that will bring us to Jacksonville, traveling to Cincinnati. The Jaguars minus three and a half, and uh,
0: I'll let you start off. So this one sets up uh, two camps for me. I looked at it from a, a football analysis and then, and then the gambling trends. Uh, so from the football side, uh, Cincinnati is horrific on defense, especially against the run. Right? There's no there's, they, no, there's, they, no, there's no football side you could there's no well, football we, case. We, there's no you're right there's no football case I can make for Cincinnati. Correct. Uh, Jacksonville solid run game. Cincinnati's run defense has given up 266 to Arizona, 269 to Baltimore. They're dead last in yards per attempt at five, giving up five point three. They also got a, a defense that's injured. I think they have two cornerbacks out this weekend. So there's no football case you can make but we're not in this for the football analysis. We're in this for the gambling piece of it and where the money plays. Uh, 75% of uh, the money is on or of the betters are on Jacksonville, so public is trending towards Jacksonville, which I always raise my eyebrows and I like to go the other way. Plus, Jacksonville is 0-5 straight up and against the spread in their last five games as favorites. Uh, last week would be uh, I think another example of that. And Cincinnati is actually 6-1 against the spread in their last seven games as underdogs. So although they're losing the covering, so I'm going Cincinnati plus three and a half. Okay, and I, I, that's great. I think that, um,
1: the, when I try to make a case for Cincinnati in this game, um, I, and I liked your, your betting like trends as a case for sure, but my case simply was how bad is Cincinnati? How, how bad do you believe they are? If you believe they're going zero and 16 bad, uh, because the law of averages is going to tell you that they're going to get two, three of these games here at some point. And they have a three-game stretch at home against the Jags, I think the Ravens, and I forget the other team. But anyway, point is, is that unless you think they're just going 1 or 0-16, um, they're going to get one of these games. So that was kind of the case I made. Uh, that said, all the things that you other laid out, um, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not ready to do it yet and uh, you know I love my gardener and I was trying to come up with like a, a tagline if I was like a say I was like you know making a headline for the game afterwards and, and a big Jaguars win what about this I can't wait gardener Fertilizes Dalton's backyard with three
0: TDs. Jaguars win twenty four fourteen. Boom. That that's I mean, that is terrible. <laughs> that might be the worst thing you have ever said on these podcasts. Right there, that bad comment. I I didn't think it was very good,
1: but uh, you know, I, I was I was just kind of toying around. So um, <laughs> yeah, good. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, look, it's it's not a great game. Um, I I think there's a lot of uh, advantages for Jacksonville as you laid out. I'm going to stick with Jacksonville minus three and a half. Uh, I think there's kind of a weird home thing going on in Cincinnati. So Jacksonville's a pick minus three and a half. Let's go to, um, well, some some live implications here in this game. My Oakland Raiders at Green Bay. And um, I just, you know, right as we speak, the Kansas City Chiefs are trying to keep pace with them in the division and stay ahead. Now, they are up 20-6 to 6 on the Bronx right now. And I don't know if you know this, but Pat Mahomes, on a serious note, this is serious, Pat Mahomes did leave with an injury, uh, and, and I think he's going to be okay. But he just keeps getting banged up badly. So, um, so big, big divisional showdown on, um, implications for uh, Kansas City here live in, in my open Raiders, uh, but they're at Green Bay. Green Bay is minus five and a half. Uh, what are your feelings here?
0: I like the pack, uh, even with the de- depleted uh, wide receiving core. I, I think they are. Um, they're they're coming back to. Two one ar twelve was was pretty good. I thought the against the Lions last week was, despite the refs, was was pretty special with with basically JV wide receiving core. Um, so I think they found a way to overcome that. I think defensively, um, they're sixth in the league with eighteen sacks. So they can get the quarterback. They've done a decent job against. Um, against the run, uh, they held Zeke to 62 yards. I know that turned into a lopsided game, and they were throwing a lot, but still, they, they yeah. shut them down. They shut them down early enough to, to contain them and, and make them go that way. And then they they held carry on to 2.6 yards per carry on, on Monday night. So I, I think um, AR 12 is finding his way again on offense. I think the defense is stepping up. I think Oakland is is. Exceeded expectations in a, in a huge way, and they're going to come back down to earth. And it's, it's Green Bay minus five point five. Okay, you know,
1: and I mean, the, holy carry on uh, to five or whatever. Uh, 2. Not 6. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like that that was so much more troubling than anything else because Green Bay hasn't been great against the run to a degree. They just they really have not. Um, and I think that's one of the bigger like matchup advantages going into this game is, is Josh Jacobs in Oakland versus their run defense, Um, which, and that's one of the good things Oakland does. So um, yeah, look, I mean, if, if they're, they're my Raiders, they're my Raiders. And (laughs) like you talked about, this might be the perfect week to catch these guys Uh, Adams. We know how much he means to the offense. And then you take away Allison, who looks very questionable, MVS, even if you play, is going to be a little banged up, and I don't really care about this Lazard guy. That's just a Lions nonsense, letting some nobody, you know, beat them. So, uh, look, I, I'm Oakland five and a half. They are my Raiders for a reason. So, um, yeah, I just think it's the right week for them to catch uh, Green Bay. So, let's move to I think one of the, I think one of the great games of the board, and and. Probably the best one PM game is Indy at home minus one and a half to the Houston Texans, uh, AFC South matchup here, and um, I think four and two versus three and two, huge for the division and wildcard implications of the AFC. So I'll go here. Um, You know the Colts running game we talk about; they're uh, been great. They're averaging running backs are averaging four point seven yards a carry. However you may not know this. Houston running backs right now averaging more than them, 4.9 yards per carry. They kind of took Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde off the scrap heap, traded for left tackle, Laramie Tunzel, and they're just kind of, uh, they're putting something together here. And um, I think this is a complete stay away to a degree. Um, I'm kind of more excited to just kind of watch this game and see what happens um and if i have to pick i'll say that three of the four starters in the colt secondary are uh, banged up and potentially not going to play and Deshaun watson i talked about him last week i think he may be approaching the don't bet against this guy's status in my mind i just uh i don't want to see him with the ball and have my pick against him with five minutes ago, and he's down four or five points i don't want to see it so i'm going to go with the houston
0: texans plus the one and a half your response yeah i laid it out uh very well i'm uh i'm on board with the with the texans for all for all the reasons that you said i I think their offense has been exceptional the past few weeks and i don't see the colts being able to really keep up um you mentioned the secondary being injured. I think that's going to be a, a big issue for them. Uh, what's interesting is the Colts are coming off a bye, and I think we talk a lot about buys and teams getting healthy. I did a little research today, and um, you know, over like the last five years, it's only like a fifty-three percent edge to cover coming off a bye week. I found that interesting. I thought it, I thought it'd been a little better. Um, but anyway, I'm with you on Houston. Uh, yeah, Houston half, plus the, half the team to take it seriously. Have them go on a bender. <laughs>
1: i mean you know what i mean it's like, it's like oh we're off <laughs> this week
0: yeah all right woo. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like any other job
0: so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think I, look uh houston's gonna put up points and, and they're gonna do it again this weekend and i don't think the Colts will keep up so let's go let's go houston plus one all right uh, uh let's
1: go to you know another uh 1 p.m showdown everyone's waiting for it is the uh well, you know what? Actually, it's not that bad.
0: There's a lot of intrigue around it.
1: There is, and I, I'm going to point out the intrigue soon. Oh, you're going to steal them all. Okay, yeah. Do you want me to steal the thunder here? No, uh, go, so go for it, man. Go for it. Giants minus three uh, at home against the Arizona Cardinals. My Saquon is back, it looks like. Uh, we finally get to see this trio of Danny Dimes Golden Tate and Saquon, what they can look like on the field at the same time together. It's going to be so electric. Um, in all seriousness, uh, I think Arizona has kind of quietly improved over the last month and taken advantage of some plus matchups That's part of it. But they now rank ninth in the NFL in yards per game, uh, just behind New England. And um, I think they, they found a nice little piece in this Chase Edmonds uh Compliment at running back to David Johnson? Yep. And what if I told you, what if I told you, Doctor, after this week, it's possible, we don't know yet, but it's possible the Rams could be looking up in the division at 3-4 to the 3-3-1 three, three Cardinals if they win. What if what is is there a world where that can happen is there is there a world where that exists well, there's, we're living in
0: a world where it can exist um <laughs> i would have put uh, it would have been the mortgage lock of the year if you would that option at <laughs> any point after like week three you know, who knows what would have week one or two maybe that arizona would have been uh top of the rams i would have i would have put the mortgage on it. mortgage lock of the year uh, so it's, it's pretty crazy that's a pretty crazy thought yeah so it could
1: happen uh, my pick is arizona plus three i'll let you go so, uh,
0: as you mentioned, the you know the effectiveness of the um, Arizona offense, it's a pretty balanced offense, right? They're, they're relying on on the run quite a bit. Uh, they're averaging five yards per carry, and they use that a lot to keep the chains moving. Um, and part of that's and, Kyler Murray. Um, yep, that's part of it too. Um, and then with the return of Saquon this week, I think the Giants are going to rely heavily on the run game. So I, I think it's, it's going to be a battle of the run games and who can put those quarterbacks and kind of Stay on schedule. You know, the, the term that yeah. everybody loves to use is stay on schedule. I think uh, the Giants' defense is going to be a, a little better at containing the run and put them in some more third and long. So they're going to be prob- a problem uh, for Murray. Uh, and then Arizona is fifth worst in the league in rush yards given up. So I think Saquon coming back is going to take full advantage of that. And I'm going to go with the Giants minus the three uh, this week. All right. Yeah. And I, I think. I think I saw this correctly.
1: Um, I think both teams are, I believe, 30 and 31st in yards per game given up. So uh, over might be a uh, nice play here. Let's go on to, you know, one of the teams that has turned out to be a, looks like an elite team, the 49ers. Traveling to Washington minus nine and a half. Um, I think the line's fair. It's it's uh, it's deserving, and uh, we have the return of the lobster's son, Kyle Shanahan, to his old stomping grounds, where he was the offensive coordinator under his father. Uh, and uh, yeah, where are your thoughts on this Niners team and this game?
0: Yeah, there's no real football case to be made for for Washington here. They they stink. Um, that's pretty obvious. And San Francisco has been dominant. So I'm going to look to the and the gambling trends on this one. 80% of the public is on San Francisco, minus nine and a half. San Francisco is, they are winning big. They've won four or five games by double digits. Uh, they're four and one, one against the spread. Uh, and Washington is just one and five against the spread. So, you know, a lot of, Stats there to, that lean towards, hey, let's take San Francisco. This is the game where I kind of do the opposite. The 80-20 and all those things I just laid out, San Francisco's due for a little regression. I'm going to go Washington plus nine and a half. Uh, I don't love doing that, but that's 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 what you got to do here. Yeah, I think the only
1: risk is kind of a typical letdown spot for the Niners. Uh, lots of key players are still banged up in, a, in some ways for them. So... Um, I I, I can see where there's a somewhat decent case for Washington, but we still don't know who your QB is going to be. Case Keenum is questionable. Could be... No, no, I I don't disagree. Um, And I just want to throw this out there, though, as far as um, kind of talking about Buffalo and being a little more blowout-proof than the Chiefs might be, because they can't stop anybody. Um, the 49ers won by 13 points last week against the Rams. That is their second smallest margin of victory for them this season. So I, I think that what they're doing is just uh, kind of taking care of business in a a very, as you said, dominant way. I was on them last week. I, I didn't know if they were necessarily win the game, but – Doing what they did last week, where they kind of went there and they they had both their starting tackles out, their fullback was out, who was a big part of the running game. Jimmy G threw a pick in the end zone. Uh, it was horrible. Um, they again lost the turnover battle, two to one in that game, and still uh, kind of may maybe
0: have taken Jared Goff's soul. He threw for ninety eight yards. <laughs> I, I was I, I, by the way, I was on you pretty hard last week, leading into that game. I don't know if you remember that. It, yeah, so I, I was, I, I was, yeah, I was.
1: I was challenging you pretty uh, hard. It's, it's you yeah. didn't he,
0: you didn't hear this, but it's part of the opening clip. So, um, oh, well, that that's fantastic. Well, hopefully, you include my uh, my quote as the opening clip because that's really what all this boils down to. Okay, okay. It's all about okay. Gloria. I, I
1: it's not going to be the opener this week, but uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you're gonna you're gonna have to do some work here. Uh, but uh, look, I'm. I'm i'm gonna continue to roll here i see these guys are rolling and uh they look like they're having fun about it so sucker uh, no sucker. no eighty twenty no. sucker i mean if it was six and a half it'd be sucker but nine and a half these guys are gonna 31. to. joe paul right. Joe Public. Yep. okay all right uh niners minus nine and a half lock of the week and the final one p.m and game are lovable lions they are at home against, um, you know, the team I like to make fun of, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings are minus one and a half. And I'll let you uh, take this
0: one here to start. Oh man, I and mean, what what do what do we say about the Lions here after after Monday night? Nothing. I don't. I don't think <laughs> Green Bay could have played much worse. worse. I, I don't think the Lions could have played. Much better. I mean, they got three great takeaways. They put themselves in. in Their defense going to play
1: much better.
0: Yeah, uh, and staff just can't convert drives into in touchdowns. Uh, so super disappointing as a as a Lions fan. Um, but there were some there were some good things to see there from from the uh, from the defense. So I think they're going to show up again this week. I think uh, staff is going to. Have a good game at home this week. The Lions are four and one against the spread this year. Uh, Minnesota has uh, lost five of their last seven on the road. Sixty-five um, percent of the publics on Minnesota. Shockingly, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> Detroit uh, plus one and a half. I I think they. Is I this the first? Is this I, the first I week you been on Detroit? Sh- uh, no, I think I took them one other one other game, and probably the one they didn't they didn't cover.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can tell your 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 confidence is rattled right
0: now. I, well, <laughs> well, with Detroit, it's 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 always scary for me to take take Detroit. Yeah, but I I think look Minnesota's been been playing pretty well lately. I, I think they're due for for a pullback, and I just feel like Detroit is at home coming off this loss. I, I look the team is showing a a little resilience are they nice quality game in Green Bay and I think they're going to convert on some of the opportunities they missed out on out on there
1: they're garbage and uh, look this is this is this is the Amir Abdullah revenge game Uh, that's a joke but um, he's a third single running back for the Vikings now Uh, so um, anyway look this is another thing where this is a complete mismatch with the running game for Vikings versus the run defense for detroit which has been terrible they're allowing almost five yards per carry to opposing running backs which look we they brought in snacks who's been terrible this year like i, I he was nice last year he he beefed up the middle and they were better against the run as the season went on but they've been terrible this year and case in point last on monday night you know aaron jones is kind of like the guy oh kind of worried about him well, guess what? His backup, Jamal Williams, comes in. He breaks up a something he's never done before in his life—a forty-five-yard run. And he hey. rushes for—he rushes for over, I don't know, one hundred and ten yards. And I looked this up. His last run that was that big, uh, yeah, he's never run for over twenty-five yards on a single carry. So, look, I, I mean, it's just—it it's bad. And and you know, you're going against one of the best rushing teams in the league, one of the best running backs this year in Dalvin Cook and their backup Alexander Madison who's their rookie out of Boise has looked really impressive in his uh, backup role so I just I, I think this is a, a tough spot for them in the short week and you know you know my theory about Minnesota they beat the teams they're supposed to be I think they're supposed to beat this team so Minnesota minus one and a half is the pick that does it for the one o'clock games and we'll move to the Afternoon, and we'll start with what I
0: have dubbed the rock bottom bowl. Oh, come on! You did not. I, I have that written down. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I swear, I have rock bottom. Um, I didn't say bowl, but I mean rock bottom is squared in on my on my notes page. You go rock bottom. Yeah, that, yeah rock, rock bottom bowl. Yeah, I would ball. and I would say both teams coming off absolutely gutless performances last week. Completely gutless. But go ahead. Oh.
1: Yeah, no. Well, it's. I mean, look, the the so the last two weeks, the Chargers. So they they lose at home. What? Well, so okay, okay. So they lose at home two in a row to Denver, who's awful. And then Devlin McGregor Hodges uh, for the Pittsburgh. They were down twenty four three or twenty four nothing in that game at one point. I mean, it was just like, what? Yeah, what is going on here? Uh, so they're terrible, and um, and then Tennessee, you know, Mariota's career's over. He's benched for Ryan Tannehill. Um, it looks like both teams are coaching for their. Or, sorry, both teams playing for their seasons. Uh, both coaches maybe for their jobs. Um, and I do think there is a weird home crowd thing with like uh, L. A. The, the Chargers and the Rams. By the way. If, if you watch these games last week it, you notice when they have real fan bases that are traveling so like a Pittsburgh Steelers for example, yeah. that's a real fan base that was a de facto road game for the Chargers it was it was so bizarre they were getting, you know, Pittsburgh's getting all these you know, cheers when they scored and got first downs and then um, also the Rams is the same way, the 49ers actually have a real fan base so if you watch that game or heard that crowd like it was a dominant 49ers crowd it's it's just so weird so i think that has to be taken into account a little bit uh and so yeah look i i
0: don't know you go ahead what do you want to say about this game well i, I think we already said it's just absolute gutless 16-0 to denver i mean are you kidding you got shut out you denver still has an okay defense but still you shut, shut out by Flacco and Denver and getting beat up. that's just terrible and then the third string quarterback from Pitt just gets up on you 24-0 it's just it's embarrassing it should be embarrassing so we have to pick we have to pick the game uh I'm gonna go with the the charger offense finding finding something um enough for them to get up early and Tannehill is not going to be able to to bring Tennessee back so I think the the chargers with Gordon, Eckler, Williams, River, they kind of, they, they revert back to maybe something they had last year. Uh, you know, side note, um, these teams have played 12 times since 93. I know they're very different teams, but it's interesting. Uh, the Chargers have only lost once, and they've covered in all but two of those games. So I'm going Chargers plus two. Uh, that's some hot info right there. Oh, hot, uh, hot info. Hey, you got to find something. You got to find a narrative. Yeah,
1: <laughs> especially you um and, uh, for all for all the same uh reasons uh i'm taking the chargers and that means probably everyone load up on tennessee so um yeah Char- whatever chargers plus two i it's a terrible game no one bet on it don't no want no one bet on it or watch it let's move to a more uh intriguing matchup I think in the afternoon is the Chicago Bears minus three at home against the Saints. And um, look, I'll start this one. I've talked about how impressed I've been with the Saints. I think they've played probably the most high-level football outside of the Patriots and maybe the NFL. Maybe maybe San Fran. I think them and San Fran are probably the class of the NFC at this point. Um, However, I think this stretch, they have to drop one. And if this is the spot to do it, I believe this will be it because Alvin Kamara is highly questionable. Even if he plays, uh, he was definitely not healthy when he played last week. He was the less in, the less effective running back. Uh, Latavius Murray was, uh, I think, outgained him in yardage. So, um, he just wasn't the same player. And I think that means more on Teddy. And when it's against the D like this on the road with Chicago, um, I think this is one of those games that, that flips on the right script for Chicago. And I'm going to take the Bears minus three and uh, I'll, I'll let you go. But uh, over, under, one and a half offensive touchdowns in this game go. Over.
0: Okay. All right. right. I, I don't know. Uh Teddy Two Gloves has started thirty four games in the NFL. Do you know what his record is against against the spread as a starter? No, no. I would love to know. Twenty seven and seven. That's hot. That is that is unbelievable. It's so hot. I mean, that's not, that's that's how's it gets anyway. That's that's crazy though. That's a, that's a crazy number. That is um, crazy. so you got you got that side of it. Um, I, who do you think Ditka roots for in this game? <laughs> I'm just the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, New Orleans, New Orleans is, is eleven and five as a road dog in the last sixteen games. I know some of that's with with Breeze, of course, but still, uh, you know, defense travels. Um, and they've covered in four straight. You got the return of Mitch. I always think he's going to be, you know, a little shaky. Uh, let's be honest. When he's, when he's healthy, he's he's not really that great. So if he's coming back uh, off a couple weeks off, he, he's going to be a little rusty. So I'm going opposite here. I'm going I'm going New Orleans uh, plus the two, and uh, the Bridgewater training continues on. And he goes to 28 and seven against the spread. Sorry, right. oh, well, you're New Orleans plus the three, but okay, plus the uh, three. Oh, um, sorry, I put two off the page, my man.
1: And by the way, a touchdown, Kansas City, Matt Moore Tyreek Hill. So, um, in case anyone cares about that, it looks lo- like it looks like for another week, Kansas City will hold off Oakland in the division race. All right. So, um, one of my favorite games of the entire day is next. I think it's a national game of the week, but it is the Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half at home to Baltimore. It's the Earl Thomas revenge game and uh, I would like to drop some things on you here there is um, you know this kind of theory it's, it's the book theory on certain quarterbacks and that it is they get a certain number of games under their belt and then all the defensive coordinators and staffs get the tape on them and now they got them figure it out and that is so that has been a real narrative right now with lamar jackson and baker mayfield that the book's out they got the tape and people know how to attack them and with lamar essentially the good teams are just going hey blitz the hell out of this guy and make him make quick decisions immediately make him tuck and run or make him make a quick throw um So I think there may be something to that, to be honest. Um, Baltimore's point differential since the Miami Dolphin game in the opening week is minus five. And we talked about this, I think maybe last week or a couple weeks ago, but the two teams that they faced were the better teams on their schedule. They had substantial deficits in the third quarter. Um, I think Seattle kind of maybe, maybe kind of stole the, a win last week that they they, you know, kind of flipped with a Baker terrible interception and worked in their favor. I, I think Seattle's already got there for real, but um, I thought that was maybe the week where they drop one. So I'm on Seattle minus three and a half here. And
0: your thoughts? I'm with you. Um, I do think the a couple key matchups here. So, the, the Baltimore um, uh, rushing offense you know, versus the Seattle uh, rushing defense. I do think the, the Baltimore offense has a slight edge there, but I think the bigger advantage comes from the passing game, where Baltimore is sixth worst in yards per attempt and total yards, in passing given up. And Seattle is yeah. top ten in both those same statistics, so they're not
1: going to stop Seattle.
0: They're not right, so they're not going to stop Seattle. And then you have to abandon your advantage in the run game there, right? Because you have to play from behind, and I just don't, I don't see that working out. Um, but also, those those rushing stats for Baltimore are beefed up by Lamar. by the Miami. If you go
1: you know, by Lamar, okay. But if you go just by the running backs, it's not as impressive. Um, and, and, and so, I mean, I'm kind of just, like, adding on to what you were saying. I, right. I I don't think that's much of an advantage. I think that's a lot of, like, empty Lamar – not empty Lamar runs, but because that's part of their offense. But I, I think that against a, a well-coached uh, veteran defense who knows what they're doing, I think they're going to be able to handle that a little bit more, and that's how I view Seattle. So, um, look, I thought this line – I thought this line should be swapped with Green Bay, which I thought Green Bay should be about 3.5, and and this should be 5.5. So we'll see if I'm right. We'll we'll, we'll see if I'm right. Uh, uh, This might be kind of one of those lines where I thought, jumped out to me where I thought um, I should maybe squeak in a Baltimore play, but I'm going to go with my head, and I say I'm on minus 3.5, and you're on them as well, correct? Correct. And that takes us... To um, SNF, where we have, have Philly traveling to the Jerry Dome, Dallas minus uh, three. Both these teams now three and three. Both have several stars that are very questionable. Uh, they're be playing banged up at the at best. So
0: I. Uh, I'll jump in here. I, I kind of threw Philly out to you last week as a you know, as a fraud. Um, yeah. you shot you shot me down. Yeah. I'm throwing Dallas in as a bit of both of these teams run fraud alert. So I have yes. a question for you. Um, bigger fraud yes. Dallas, Philadelphia, or your boy Queen Bron Braun <laughs> Who's the biggest <laughs> fraud out of the group?
1: I mean, how are how are you qualifying Queen Braun as a fr- like in what way are you qualifying him as a fraud? I guess is my question. Uh,
0: well, I, I've said that for for years on a number of different situations. Most notably was his response to the uh, Daryl Morey story, and okay, uh, he said he said free speech. You have free speech, but there are also repercussions. Yet he has tweets out there saying that. You know, he's a social justice warrior and says whatever he wants and okay. no repercussions. You can tie it back to the NFL, you could tie it back to, to Cap, where Cap experienced All some right. repercussions for free speech, not to go too deep. Anyway, that's the most recent example, but I can go through a list of 10 or 15 things I think him a fraud. All right. So um, if
1: we're just talking about off the court behavior, uh, it's LeBron by a mile.
0: Okay. And it's not. It's not. It's general. Job. Fraud. You glue it in. You can even put his his basketball. If you want to lump it all together, that's what you yeah. should do. Basketball and off the court. No basketball. He's not a
1: fraud. I'm not gonna. I'm not doing that. He's not. He's a great player. He's probably. I would say in a tier by himself as second best of all time. So um, the game, Philly at Dallas. I think. You're right, both on fraud alert. I think they're probably fairly even teams at this point, um, especially with so many injury situations going on. And uh, I'm not believing that Jerry Dome is worth three points, so I'm going to take Philly plus the three.
0: Okay, well, I I will disagree with that. Um, I'm going to go Dallas uh, minus the three. Uh, Joe Public is loading up on Philly at 70%. So once again, you're, you're going to enjoy public. I'm going to go the other way. Um, I, I just I, Dallas has, I think, shown um, a, a little more for me than than, than Philly has, um, and, and I think they're they're more likely to get right at home than, than Philly on the road. So that's why I'll go with Dallas my three. All right. Well, let's head to
1: MNF, the final game of the slate. We have the Patriots. Uh, versus the team that is responsible for Brady's career. Uh, if you remember correctly, Mo Lewis of the Jets uh, basically knocked out Drew Bledsoe with a helmet-to-helmet, uh, hit on the sidelines, and it started the Tom Brady era. So um, the reason that Tom Brady's 13-4 overall uh, at New York in your stadium is because Mo Lewis knocked out. They're starting quarterbacks. So, congratulations to you. And um, past my assigned half
0: your call. I've been pretty consistent with this. I'll, I'll remain consistent. Uh, you know, brady has got that, whatever it is, 60 plus percent of, of cover and spreads uh, throughout the course of his career. Uh, that is a statistic that you carry forward every game, and as long as he plays, in my eyes. So, I don't think much about these games you're going to bet on. If you're betting on this game, you're betting on New England and it's minus nine and a half. Okay, well, uh, let me tell you something. Sam Garland is back. Uh,
1: CJ Mosley. Caps. Is
0: that, a, is that all caps back? All,
1: all caps back. Another okay. all caps is CJ Mosley. RE came out this afternoon and said he is back Monday night. That's their star acquisition at linebacker they made from the Ravens in the off season Stud safety, Jamal Adams. Today this afternoon said this is a must win quote another quote like a playoff game um this is going to be the monday night football super bowl for the jets and i um don't know if that's a good thing to approach it that way but uh, uh i'll say this that tom brady his last 10 appearances playing in new york against the jets he is six and four Six of those wins, only three would have covered the nine and a half. I think the Jets play well enough and play up enough to cover the nine and a half. So I'm going to
0: do the Jets and the points. Is, is you if have a problem gonna, with that? I, I do. I mean, if you're going to make me go deeper on this, the, the New England defense has it, just been – Crazy, like I don't know how many touchdowns yeah, they have. I know defense, we keep talking. About,
1: we, we talk about this every week. Who have they played?
0: Nobody. Well, but it's bad. Like I mean, they're getting turnovers for scores like every week. It doesn't. I mean, it's it's every week. And you telling me the Jets are somebody. Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? The Darnold led Jets or somebody. I think with Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. I think, with, I, I think with I think with Darnold, Navian Bell,
1: Jameson Crowder, there. and that that one that guy who goes on the field and just scores touchdowns. Uh,
0: forget they're, forget they're, his name at all.
1: The this, is,
0: you're, you're, this is you're this delusion right here. Okay, well, whatever. I, I think they do enough. We'll, they're, they're gonna be fired to play. I'll take nine and a half points at home. Whatever. You also know the Jets have. A, I, I hate to compare them to the, the Lions because they've actually accomplished some things in the past fifty years. They've won a few playoff games, but they're. I mean, they're very similar to the Lions. Like this is a moment where like there's. The organization is kind of fired up. Jets fan is is, is really looking forward to this, and they're just going to get crushed again like they always do. I mean, their hearts are yeah. going to be ripped from hey. their chest in a, in a, in a, in a, in a very one sided fashion. Why don't you win a game with
1: a Power Five? Sorry to start criticizing my picks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, Bob, I have 11 Power Five wins this year. Today. Yeah. Yeah, and just yeah, please yeah. revert back to my quote about this week and ponder yeah. that, and think through that, and understand right. the difference between winning and losing
1: and tying. Yeah, sure. Well, why don't you start now in the Power Five? Why don't Why don't you go uh, with your with your five this week? <sighs> okay, I mean, this is this is tough.
0: This is a tough <laughs> one. All right. Uh, <laughs> I got Green Bay minus five and a half. Hopefully, they don't slide down to one again like they did against the Lions. Which cost me there. I'm going New Orleans. Plus three. Seattle, minus three and a half. New England, minus nine and a half. And, oh boy, the Rams, minus three. Woo! Rams! Yeah, the last one was a tough one.
1: <laughs> that's a <little laughs> tough. Uh, yeah, that's Uh all right. Uh, um, all right. We're going to have some, uh, we're going to have a good week again, because I went uh well i with the Raiders. My Raiders. Yeah. Plus five and a half. And um, Chicago minus three. Okay. We're on board with Seattle minus three and a half. And I did uh, the Niners minus nine and a half and the Bills minus
0: seventeen. Mm-hmm. So so that that's, very, is, that's that's very contrary for you on the, on the large line. You're always always talking about oh, just need that late score, just need that well, late score. I, so again, I don't mind a pick, but maybe you throw the power five. That's interesting. Hey, good. Well, that. again,
1: I, I talked about. I think I am more comfortable with the good defenses covering the big numbers because they get harder. They get hard. They get hard to score against as they have big leads. So uh, yeah, look, that's it. Um, those are the picks, and uh, hey, this was great. Uh, it's a big week for you, maybe, maybe possibly a referendum week. Who knows? Um, we may be we may be tuning in next week and
0: I might not be here.
1: And maybe I a new not, title. Maybe a new out, title. Are you gonna call me back
0: or you don't call me back? I don't know. Maybe I don't get the spread maybe you don't send me the sheet. Like I was getting no. a little nervous today. I didn't get I didn't get the sheet until very late today. I was getting I was getting nervous. I thought you might have sent it to somebody else. I thought you might have replaced the doctor. <laughs> Well, the doctor has some uh, work to do,
1: so um, this was great, fun times, and uh, good luck to everyone out there, and uh, hopefully uh, get this get this turnaround here in week
0: seven, four, for yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you later.
1: Doctor's on call. Big week to deliver here. Um, Otherwise, could be downgraded to the nurse, maybe. But not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, I mean, that's okay. You can be a male nurse. That's not a big deal. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Either way, this is uh, swipe right sports. Your Sports Pod Hookup DSRR download subscribe rate review. You can follow on Twitter and Instagram at Sportspot Hookup. Follow me at real, Bobby Adcock. And uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Thank you.